Welcome to this brand new program called You Mentor. What is a mentor? A mentor is someone who uh, advises, guides uh, others less fortunate or less, uh, or better still, less experienced than themselves. Mentoring is likened unto the first. Basically, uh, a men uh, uh, mentoring is the ability to guide someone. All right, uh, whether it's uh, short term, long term. To, for the betterment of themselves. And this afternoon, uh, I am going to be moderating this brand new program. I have four very special guests uh, lined up to, to do just that this afternoon. You can take part in this program by calling 407-853-5129. Again, that number is uh, 407-853-5129. And now let's welcome all of our guests. Uh, salam alaikum to each and every one of you. Wa alaikum salam. Hi Dawood, how are you? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Um, uh, I'll start because uh, we have uh, two sisters and two brothers, and it will be unfair. <laughs> it will be unfair for me uh, to put, uh, in this case, the men first. We have a renowned photographer, uh, sister. Sister, uh, uh, and, and we have a renowned physician out of New York and two brothers, one a software engineer and uh, and the second brother who is also an engineer. And I will start. Um, let's, in fact, let's start with uh, Sister Rohina. Salam alaikum to you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam to you. Welcome to the program. In fact, welcome to all uh, four of you. Welcome to this brand new program called You Mentor. Sister Rohina, I, I will ask you first um, because um, uh, being a physician is is dear to my own heart because my mother is also uh, in the medical profession. You're a renowned physician. Uh, I was going to say, is it in New York? So yeah. um, uh, tell us a little bit about your career. Um, so I'm a physician. Um, I started this whole process at this point 20 years ago. You have to decide pretty early on that you want to help people. And um, I was guided by my father, who was also a physician. So that kind of led the step for me wanting to do this. Um, it's a busy career, but Alhamdulillah, it's very rewarding. Um, I was in a seven-year um, undergrad and med school program. So that facilitated me becoming a physician earlier than um, a lot of my other friends and um, people that were in the same situation that I was. Uh -huh. Okay. And I will pose the same question to Sister Azia. Uh, Salam alaikum to you, my sister. Alaikum salam. So uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about your career. And, and how, go ahead. I'm a professional photographer. Um, I have my own studio, Photography by Asia, mm -hmm. and um, I primarily do newborn and lifestyle photography. Mm -hmm. And um, I basically was always artistically inclined ever since I was a child. I loved painting and drawing, and my parents would always kind of sign me up for different art courses. And um, as I progressed in life, um, we had a, I had an opportunity to to do a senior ex exit project in high school, and I chose to um, explore photography, and that was kind of how I how I initially got into the field and um, started dappling with um, with uh, you know taking photos and and learning. 
Um, I I didn't have like formal training, so I I actually used um, you know online resources, and um, I used to attend um, classes at the local photography store just to kind of learn more. Um, when I went to college, I didn't major in photography. I actually majored in architecture and Middle Eastern studies, but um, I was doing photography for the college. So um, I, I basically um, took every job that I could. I worked for the school newspapers, and um, and that that's how I kind of got into um, got into photography. All right, good to uh, good to know. And I'm going to pose now to question the same question to uh, Brother Arshad. Assalamu uh, alaikum to you, sir. You're a software engineer. No, that's Brother Aswad. Aswad, I'm sorry, I got a name. <laughs> okay, well, since since you're on, uh, you're an engineer of sorts. Tell uh, tell the listeners how you got into your career. So I stumbled into my career. Um, <laughs> I, I graduated with a degree in electrical and computer engineering, mm-hmm. and uh, my junior year, I realized it wasn't something I wanted to do. I, I had a great internship, and after that experience, mm-hmm. I realized I didn't want to do this as a career, mm-hmm. and so... Uh, when I graduated, I was looking for a way in which to use my engineering skill set, but without having to go into that particular field. And uh, I just gotten married, and I was congratulations. Looking for a job. Well, this was this was when I just graduated, so a oh, week okay. after my graduation, I got married, and uh, my wife was uh, was very instrumental in helping me. So what what I ended up doing is I looked at programs that had. Uh, uh, that leveraged the engineering skill set, but didn't necessarily need a specific engineering background. And I started working for L'Oreal mm-hmm. uh, as part of their leadership development program, which allowed me to experience multitudes of roles within that organization using the skills that I had, uh, but without necessarily using. So I, I became a mechie, a mechanical engineer, a chemical engineer, an industrial engineer. And I learned all of those fields throughout the career, at least throughout the years it was. MashaAllah. All right. And my last question to our dear brother who's hiding in the background somewhere. (laughs) Salam alaikum to you. Wa alaikum salam, Dawood. So, yeah, in terms of uh, how things started for me, um, it was actually me and my brother. We were into programming back in 2002, 2003. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the time, uh, there was a program in our community center where one of the brothers volunteered to teach people about uh, web development, and mm-hmm. I attended that, and that excited me more into the field. Uh, and really, that was back in high school, so um, uh, I started my own studio back then and doing web design for friends and family uh, and all of that. Then I decided to take it a bit more serious and get more formal education, so I went to uh, York University and I did uh, computer engineering there uh, and then towards end of my university I started to get involved with startups and businesses and, and had my own agency as well uh, at that time I also worked at IBM and Research in Motion uh, and then uh, in 2013 I started um, another uh, development team um, we started with uh, two people initially in 2013, and uh, we went to 40 people right now. Uh, I'm the co-founder, and um, yeah, it's focused on providing digital solutions to uh, uh, startups and medium and large businesses as well. Some of the work we did was work with uh, the Ontario government, the Canadian government, and, and other organizations. 
uh, all in all, I'm very passionate about working with startups, uh, learning, uh, learning and self-development ongoing, uh, ongoing and all the time. And uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty I, much it. We, we may be needing your services here shortly. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, uh, my next question, I'm going to pose this to uh, Sister uh, Asia, uh, Asia first. So tell me, my sister, in photography. So what exciting projects uh, uh, do you have going on right now? Or, in, or better still, let me rephrase the question. So what ex uh, what's... Um, excited you basically or what's what do you have that's going on that's exciting and and that really really kick-started your career well um for me i mean photography um I, photography allowed me to basically i started working with clients you know i was doing a lot of um weddings and that kind of thing and so i would meet these clients um during one of the most happiest times of their lives and then um it it would you know few years later, they would have a baby and then I would photograph their newborn. And so I started developing these amazing relationships with my clients and being able to kind of capture um, these special times in their life. Um, because I am a small business owner and because um, I'm my employee, I had, um, it's given me the liberty to have time and space to have other interests other than just photography. And I think that um, this has allowed me to really um, kind of develop other areas that that are really interesting to me. So one of them is um, health and wellness. Mm. Um, in my early 20s, I started having problems in my my wrist and my um, my hips, and I wasn't feeling my best. And so I started learning about what is the ideal health diet and what is the best way of um, you know working out and eating and being efficient with your body and your time, and started setting small term goals and. This kind of led me to um, to setting goals in other aspects as well. And, and you know, my sister had a goal of, I want to travel to 30 countries before I'm 30 years old. And so I set the same goal and um, it started, start, it kind of, kind of spiraled into me traveling all around the world. And um, recently I just got back from um, climbing uh, Mount Everest Base Camp. Um, and that was an amazing trek and an amazing journey. Wow. Yeah. So... <laughs> I think that, you know, photography is one aspect of me, but um, because I have this business that I own, I've been able to kind of explore these other avenues. Mount Everest Base Camp was probably one of the most life-changing experiences I've, you know, I've ever had. Um, you know, when you go out of your comfort zone, um, you, you're forced to grow. And, um, you know, I was sleeping in negative 20 degrees Celsius um, at night. And, um, you know, you just, you just learn how to be strong. Um, and the strength comes from inside and, and you learn what's possible for you. And so I love being able to set goals and to, um, to achieve different things and, and to really live uncomfortably so that you grow and constantly are able to teach and help other people. Mashallah. You're listening to the program called You Mentor and uh, Sister Azia just opened up a ton of doors <laughs> of, to which I am going to walk in. Now, it, it would be, uh, I, I hope I'm not going to go off track here with my next question to you, Sister Azia. Now, you, you just mentioned Mount Everest. Now, how, how did you, as a Muslim sister, all right, and I hope you don't mind, and I and I ask this with the greatest of sincerity. Um, Muslim sisters uh, are meant to be, you know, sit down, uh, not sit down, but to be 
you know, seen and not heard. How how did you how did you cope with doing this? Well, um, you know, I <laughs> I typically just follow follow my passion, and mm -hmm. I don't let um, naysayers or anyone else kind of um, distract me from from what I want to do. Um, I think we only have one life to live, mm -hmm. and you know, we have to make the most of every minute, every every second we're here on on this planet. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's easy for society to dictate what you know what we should be or what we should do or how we should look or what we should say. But you have to live life on your own terms, um, and so I think that um, I think that I just try to live a life that's true to what 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 feels right. And um, you know, while I was on Everest Base Camp at 5,200 5, meters, whatever above sea level, I was still praying my salah and still doing you know still connected to my religion and my faith. And um, you know, I did it didn't make me any less of a Muslim or. Um, an individual. Mashallah. So I'm going to pose the same question to you, um, Sister Rohina, uh, the, uh, our physician on board this afternoon. What yes. um, project or what uh, what excited you in, in, in during or at the start of your career that that catapulted you to uh, to becoming a renowned physician today? Um, I think my guidance was always my dad. Uh -huh. uh, he was a physician. He was very involved in the community. Mm -hmm. So besides being a physician, he was involved in um, the community work. And I feel like helping the community is what takes us forward. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now, you know, when you go to work, you're always helping people. You're trying to get them through their day and um, mm -hmm. helping them. But then you also have to fulfill yourself, your inner soul. Um, and also help out your community. So uh, me and my team, we do lots of events with workshops, self-development, parenting, um, charitable events. We have an event coming up, inshallah, next Sunday um, at our mosque at Sydney in Queens where we're helping the homeless. We're going to, inshallah, make 400 bags with toiletries, sandwiches. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to get all the kids involved. We're going to get all the seniors involved. Yes, um, <laughs> That's my kiddos. Very good. <laughs> um, we're trying to get everyone involved mm -hmm. to do something nice in Ramadan. All right. In fact, uh, let, let, let's put this out here. Is there any help that you, you need that we can publicize? Do you need any supplies that uh, we can get the listeners to send to you? We would love uh, to have everyone support. If everyone can just show up at Sydney after Star, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that would be awesome. We'd All right. see everyone there. Mashallah. So... Uh, now, uh, you're a renowned physician now, um, and I'm not leaving out my brothers, don't, I'm not, don't worry, <laughs> your turn is next. Um, so how, how, you know, someone comes to you, uh, they need, uh, they're, they're ill uh, or they, they have a, a problem. And then the, the problem turns out to be more serious than then uh, now, and obviously you you've examined the the, the patient and right. they came in I've got a you know I've got a, a a sore hand but all of a sudden you examine them and you you realize that it's something more serious it, it may be terminal whatever whatever the case may be how do you and where do you does the strength come from to tell a person look you're you're terminally ill and this and this question is for uh, Sister Rahina, um, uh, how how do you pluck up the courage and get the strength to tell someone that you're terminally ill uh, and so on? Where, where 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 does it come from? 
I would say that's the hardest part because you develop such a relationship and a rapport with uh, the patients. You know, there's some people that I've seen um, them when they were little kids and now they're growing up and they're having their own set of kids. It's hard. There's no easy answer. You just have to be as straightforward with the patient as possible because you don't want to give them false hope, but there's always prayer and there's always a chance. So there's a fine balance, but you also have to be practical and um, you can't kind of sugarcoat it. You have to tell them the truth, but there's always power in prayer. And that's what I always believe in. MashaAllah. You're listening to the program called You Mentor right here on WASR.live. Brother Khalid, Salam Alaikum. <laughs> You're quite there in the background. We haven't we haven't forgotten. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying enjoying listening. So, uh, so the same question to you. What um, what excite what what uh, project that you did um, uh, earlier to, that really catapulted you into the career uh, that you're that you're in now? Interesting. So, um, really, I've done many, many projects. I uh, there, there are several that, that might be highlighted, but really, it's the the whole kind of uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. And uh, where I am with the, building my business uh, and working on many startups as well, mm-hmm. it's very dynamic. So, um, initially, it was just focused on coding and development and programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it got into lead leading a team of developers, and then I got more into solutions architecture, uh, some aspects into sales, then leading a, a whole organization. So it's very dynamic, and that's where uh, the key is to perform on a daily basis in terms of my productivity, uh, being focused and not get distracted, mm-hmm. and also keeping and learning, right? Because... I realize over the days and and the years that um, uh, working hard is not as good as working smart. So uh, you have to put in all the time and work hard, but you have to do it smartly. Uh, Otherwise, um, you don't go as far. So, uh, yeah, these are the kind of challenges I go through. So uh, someone from the community or wherever the case may be comes to Brother Khalid and says, you know, look, I have this project. And I need help getting it started. What's the first thing you, you would you in in mentoring them? Because uh, that's what this program is about. What what yeah. would be the first thing that you would say to them? So uh, after approach, after looking at the project. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Mm-hmm. My approach is always to listen first. Uh, I try to be a really good listener. So first, I have to just listen to them to talk and have a full understanding of this person and their situation uh, because the answer is always dynamic and it changes uh, depending on them. Uh, but really um, is, is what I would do is I listen. I don't have like one recipe. I guess if I have one typical answer would be to just get to action uh, and, and do things. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't wait on things or don't uh, hesitate on doing things but generally i have to listen a lot before i can give an answer all right you can take part in this program if you would like to pose a question uh, to any of our guests please call one four zero seven eight five three five one two nine four zero seven eight five three five one two nine we would love to hear from you this afternoon uh brother ashad salam alaikum to you <laughs> so you're uh um an engineer and and you brought up um 
the chemical engineering uh, in in uh, earlier uh, in one of the in one of the earlier questions. So, what project um, excited you um, in in the furtherance of your career? So I'll tell you what I'm working on now, and, and it's really exciting. It's something I'm, I'm really enjoying doing. And uh, I'm expanding a candy factory um, in Canada. And I'm working wow. on... Wow. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a very exciting initiative. We're growing as a company, and I'm responsible for a major expansion to significantly improve how much we can sell and, mm -hmm. and produce in, mm -hmm. in North America. And so it's, it's a large team of people. We're adding to an existing factory adding a building onto an existing factory that's already producing candy. And so it's, you know, it's something that I enjoy doing. It's a lot of project management activity from a chemical engineering standpoint. It's mm -hmm. got to do with a lot of equipment we're buying to make candy. We're mm -hmm. buying equipment to make candy, to pack candy, uh, kitchen to make it all in. Uh -huh. uh, and there's a lot of detail you have to learn and understand. And over the course of my career, it's been, you know, a journey of learning, I would say, where you, you make a conscious effort to learn about the industry that you're in, about the company that you're with and the products that they sell. And so chemical engineering came to me just because I needed to learn how to recognize I needed to learn how to design these systems when I was designing them. Now I'm no longer in the design area. I'm managing larger projects, but I was designing them. Uh, and it was something that just came because uh, to learn anything else. All right. His um, our, your line is a little uh, little weak at the moment, but inshallah we'll 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 make this happen inshallah. So, candy. <laughs> now my kids are gonna my kids are gonna. <laughs> now, so what what are the processes that would go into making a good healthy candy? I don't know about <laughs> your primary ingredient sugar so i'm not very healthy um, Oops. That, you know, there's moments of indulgence right and this yes. is all about uh, mm -hmm. about those moments of indulgence that we all care about and we all like and and mm -hmm. as an individual you want to make sure that you're never abusing that moment of indulgence right mm -hmm. like you you want to take care of your health and i think a sister asia very well put it you have one life right uh, and you take the most of it mm -hmm. the things that you enjoy the most uh, and you know, you'd asked about what you know what we would recommend to others, right? And for me, it's it's make sure you you enjoy what you're doing. If you don't enjoy the career you're in, uh, and the number of hours that you spend physically working is significant in in, in an average day, average week, then you should move and find something that you truly enjoy doing that you're passionate about. Okay. That was probably the best thing for me when I decided I didn't want to pursue a career in electrical and computer engineering. Right? Because I would not have enjoyed it. Wow. Mm -hmm. I am talking with four marvelous uh, individuals right here on WASR.live. You still have some time. Uh, if you would like to pose a question to any of uh, our guests this afternoon, please give us a call. That number is 407-853-5129. Again, you're listening to WASR.live. My name is Dawood St. Clair. So, Sister um, Asia, now... Um, my question to you is, um, in school, college or university, did, did anybody, uh, give, said anything to you, uh, that, that you used, um, in your career to date that has stayed with you? 
What is it? What has anyone said to you, that, uh, in, either in high school, or college, or university, that stayed with you, um, that uh, that in, that's, that has now enhanced your career today? I think um, it's really important to like. Um, like the other brother was saying, mm -hmm. to follow your passion in life, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that um, sometimes we are, we're told, you know, um, you should be well-rounded. So if you're good at science or if you're good at math, they say you should also be good at English and you should be good at reading. But I actually think that we really should focus on what we're good at. And so um, I was good. I was artistically inclined and I was good at all these creative things. It didn't mean that I didn't do well in science and math and reading and writing as well. But um, I think that when it comes to choosing a career and choosing a field that you're in, I think it's really important to choose something that you're good at and that you enjoy. And if it can be something that's positively contributing to society or people's lives, then that's a win, 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 you know? Now, we had a royal wedding today. And let's say that um, their royal highnesses came to you, you know, Sister Asia, we need you to photograph, you know, to, uh, to do the photography for our wedding. What, what would be your first, um, uh, your first move? Uh, how would you, how would you set about, uh, setting up, um, your equipment and stuff for this great wedding that we saw today? Um, I think the most important thing for preparing for any, for any type of job, whether it be a, you know, a royal wedding or, even a newborn shoot is just kind of um, understanding what the client wants. Mm -hmm. um, so prior to any type of photo shoot, I really try to understand uh, specifically for weddings, like what's going to, what, what is the timeline going to be? Mm -hmm. um, what's going to happen at what time? What's important to, to them to have captured. Mm -hmm. And by listening and trying to understand that, then I can make sure to deliver and create images that are going to be um, perfect for them. Um, then, then it comes down to lighting and timing and knowing your equipment and knowing how to be ready and to, to nail the shot. Um, even like typically most, most, uh, most of my clients now are newborns and, uh, newborn shoots. And so, you know, with a newborn, you have a very finite amount of time to <laughs> get a photo because, you know, newborns are very, first of all, unpredictable. Um, you know, they, they, they have to eat frequently and, um, I'm most of the time photographing babies in the state that they came into this world. So in the nude, <laughs> so you know, there can be exciting moments during a photo shoot where mm -hmm. you know, the baby has to use the bathroom or, um, that kind of thing. So, um, but you know, the main thing is to, um, to make your subject feel comfortable, um, you know, and to, to allow them to understand kind of the specialness of the moment that you're capturing. So um, I love to make the entire experience really enjoyable for my clients so that the experience of taking the photos is one that they look back at with joy, with happiness. Um, I really feel like a lot of my photo shoots, like I did mini sessions um, last weekend or a couple weekends ago in Central Park and, you know, the cherry blossoms were in full bloom. It was so incredible, but I really feel magic in my photo shoots and I try to I think sometimes you can feel that when you look at one of my photos is, you know, let, let that magical experience be on camera. You know, um, life is full of these beautiful, magical experiences. And when you're when you're present and you're aware and you're able to experience them and have gratitude and in the moment and live in the moment, that's that's what I try to do with my clients. You know, whether it be a wedding, a newborn shoot, a cherry blossom session, you know, 
just enjoy the gravity of the and the specialness of the, the moment. All right. Uh, Dr. Rahina, <laughs> yeah. I would ask you, uh, going to school, I mean, the high school, college, university, what, uh, what was said to you? Uh, anything that anyone said to you that stuck with you that uh, that enhanced your career that you that you've kept uh, and valued uh, throughout your career any any thoughts on what anyone had said to you back then I think it was just having the support of mm -hmm. uh, my family my parents to always push me to strive for more strive for better mm -hmm. um, in our family education was very uh, highly regarded and especially for girls my dad always said boys can always figure it out girls you have to get educated because um, you know you never know what's going to happen in the future mm -hmm. so uh, I think it was just get through the next test get mm -hmm. through the next exam you'll figure it out later and that's kind of just how uh, I grew up it was exam to exam and you know you finished another year okay you're going to continue that's kind of how it was so, um, uh, one of our youth uh, from the community will come to you and say, you know, Sister Rahina, I want to be a doctor someday. Um, what, what would be your ad the first piece of advice that you would give such a person who has this passion to help someone, you know, they want to save lives. What would be your first um, mentoring advice to such a person? First thing I would say is, are you in it for the long haul? This is not something where in the middle of med school, you're going to say, hey, after a year or two, I don't want to do this. I'm this done is with a it. commitment, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and it's a commitment that is monetary commitment, and it's a emotional commitment, and it's um, a commitment in your education. Um, minimum, it is four years of undergrad, uh, four years of med school, minimum three years of residency. So you're giving up prime years of your life, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, the sacrifice is all worth it. Um, so the first thing I would say is commitment. Are you committed? Second of all, do you love it? You have to love helping people. You have to love being around people. If you're not a people person, you can't see people, you know, every 15 minutes, somebody else new is going to walk in your door with their own set of baggage. You have to be able to deal with that as well. So, um, the love of people wanting to talk to people, commitment. I've had, um, a few uh, students come in and, uh, they've enjoyed their rotation. Sometimes it's just, I just want to see if I like the hospital versus the clinic. Sometimes it's, I don't know if I even want to do medicine. I just want to check something out that's different. So um, I think if anybody's even inclined, you should go shadow as many different fields as you can and see what speaks to you, see what you like mm -hmm. to do. All right. Brother Khalid, oh, are you still with us? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, Walikum Salam. My question is the same to you. Uh, going to high school, college, or university, what um, is there anything that um, was said to yeah. you that you re that you have taken to heart and that you have used uh, to help enhance your career uh, uh, right now? Is there anything that you remember that anyone said to you? Yeah, I uh, remember my dad, uh, he actually uh, taught me how to apply to jobs and be persistent with my goals. Uh, he always told me it's a numbers game. That was his rules. It's just all about the numbers. And what that really means is you got to you gotta knock on the doors. You got to talk to more people. You got to do more things. And then, you know, you just get the numbers up and then something will come out of them. 
So uh, that's something I remember greatly, and it's something that stayed with me over the last uh, 16 years. Uh, and yeah, it just comes down to numbers. So if you're trying to get into a program or apply to a job or get in a specific position, uh, just be persistent, um, get the numbers, apply, uh, and then once things come come from that results, then you know you can just sit back and think about which opportunity is is the one that you will decide to take. Don't just take the first thing that comes to your door. So uh, you know, sit back, look at the few things that come from that opportunity, and and go from there. So so, what is the most exciting project in your career that you have ever done? So in there, uh, let me see. I, I guess we did some work for uh, Rogers Communications, the, the telecom company here in Canada. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a part of their restructuring. We uh, we built uh, their whole uh, web interface mm-hmm. uh, for one of their uh, rewards program. Uh, in terms of impact, I mean, it wasn't the most challenging at all. It was fairly straightforward. But uh, in terms of impact, I guess it touched more, I, I guess, probably more than 10 million other people. So our code that we developed has touched a lot of people and changed uh, the way they do um, uh, online account management. Wow. Brother Ash, uh, Urshad, are you still there, my brother? Yes, yes, yes. I'm still here. So you talked about um, you, the, the expansion of this candy factory. <laughs> I'm really intrigued on that one. But before I get back onto that, what is what what is the, any memories that you have, you know, going to school, uh, college or university that... Um, somebody said something to you they offered you a piece of advice that you have kept and you have used um uh, to help to enhance and further your career so there's a couple that come to mind you know Mm -hmm. the first one that comes to mind is really attitude and humility Mm -hmm. um and from an attitude standpoint is you know always have a positive attitude a smile a thank you goes a long way and be nice to everyone across the ladder, right? In, in a corporation, when I see new people joining, you're typically looking up in, and you're trying to ladder your career up and you're forgetting everyone below. And I think the one thing I learned um, and, and I've used constantly is, you know, across the ladder of people from the janitor up to whoever, be nice and treat them all human, in, humanly. And, and I found that it's gone a really long way for me personally. All right. You're listening to WASR.live. My name is Dawood St. Clair, and this is a brand new program uh, called You Mentor. So question to all of my guests now. Um, uh, Dr. Rah- uh, Dr. Rahina, what is your definition of success to our mentors who are our mentees, I should say, who are currently listening? What is your definition of success? Um, my definition of success right now is uh balancing my life <laughs> that's always the hardest thing mm-hmm. and um you know between family life uh work life social life um philanthropic philanthropic life mm-hmm. you know balancing everything that's when i know that uh it's a successful day mm-hmm. um you know putting my kids to bed at night knowing that they're safe we're all happy alhamdulillah that that to me is a successful day. Inshallah, and the same to you, uh, Sister Azia. The same question. What 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 is your definition of uh, success? I think success. Oh, that's tough. Um, 
think maybe just continuing to grow, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to never stop growing and learning, um, to always keep challenging yourself and, and developing and becoming a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also just having like every action, just having mindfulness of Allah, you know, mm-hmm. um, doing every single action with Qurbatan illallah, you know, to seek nearness to God. Um, so I think if you can, you can grow and you can do every action and, and always be mindful of God. And I think that's, that's, that's for me. I don't think you need to really ever achieve anything. It's just about growing yourself and, and being joyful and being a positive person while, while you're present. So, uh, yeah. and th- this is a follow-up question to, um, and, I'll, and I'll get to uh, our dear brothers in a sec, in a short while. So, Sister Azir, let's get back to the the climbing of Mount Everest. Now, obviously, um, you succeed in doing it because you're here with us today. Now, what sort of thoughts were going through your mind? You know, it, it's a mammoth task ahead of you. I, I've I've got to climb this mountain. What thoughts went through your mind? What what prompts you to do this? To to what to, to climb Mount Everest? So um, I just did base camp, not mm-hmm. not the summit. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. One day to the summit, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, still. I mean, base camp is still quite a quite a feat. And mm-hmm. um, I think what I do when you are climbing a mountain, you know, um, I think the most important thing is to have um, kind of a clear mind. So, you know, a lot of times when we're, when we have a cluttered mind with a lot of thoughts, this has, they all have frequency and they, they can prevent you from actually being in the present. So when I am climbing and when I am in the most difficult parts of the climb, I, I am basically just remembering God and just being present, you know, enjoying the beauty of what's around me, enjoying the people that I am. I'm not worrying about what happened yesterday or what happened, what's going to happen tomorrow or even what's going to happen a few hours from there. I'm just enjoying each step and um, doing it with kind of a heart full of gratitude and being present and being happy, you know? Um, I think that's what helps me. And, and, I, and I, when I was in the most challenging parts of the climb, I think I would turn to like a nishid or something to listen to, and that, that sometimes would lift my spirits and, and allow me to, to continue with practice. All right, mashallah. Brother Arshad, uh, I will ask you this afternoon, uh, what is your definition of uh, true success? So I define success as my greatest failure. And it's because I never learned anything from, you know, a success. I, I always gloated in my success, mm-hmm. but I didn't actually take any learnings out of it. Uh, and every time I fell down and failed, I walked away learning so much more than I knew uh, when I succeeded. And so I found that those failures really define me and define my career. I've really learned a lot from my failures. Wow. And Brother Khalid, the same question to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess I take success from uh, Surah Al-Asr, uh, which is it, it kind of, I guess it sums up time mm-hmm. and how uh, you know, it says, well, it's something I learned actually a few months ago from this surah after looking at it again. I realize in this surah, it defines success on an individual level and on a team level, on an organization level. On an individual level, it says, you know, believing and doing good. 
So believe is intent, your your niya, you know, what you want to do, where you want to go to, and then you have to do it. So you have to link the intent with the action. Uh, so, you know, believe and then do good. So that will give you success on an individual level. Now, when you want to achieve bigger things in life as a human beings, we have to work in teams. We have to be a part of bigger organizations. Mm-hmm. And that's where the second part of the surah comes in. And it says, mm-hmm. So they command each other and they uh, remind each other of doing good uh, or doing the right things. And then also being patient, yes. but not being in a hurry. So mm-hmm. I, I look at this through and it really summarizes success for me. So my follow-up question to all four of you, um, and I'll start with you, um, Brother Khalid. Um, uh, talk, let's talk about failure. And it's, it's a subject that very few people like to talk about. But in in your memory, what what is what? What was your worst um, failure, if you, if if you don't mind me asking? Because ment- mentees are listening, and yeah. they're hearing, you know, from all four of you how successful you you are. And mashallah, more power to you, and may Allah strengthen each and every one of you. So, share with the listeners what your biggest failure was and how you 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 came and how you got up from the bottom from from the failure i'll start with you uh, brother khalid yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean failure is well i look at failure as success because you know the faster you fail mm-hmm. the faster you recover mm-hmm. uh, then you'll get to succeed right mm-hmm. so uh, i'm very proud of all the so many failures i've had in life and mm-hmm. i still do have many failures and pitfalls uh, but what I regret about them is the fact that why I didn't recover fast, because one thing with time is time goes and you can't get it back. Nothing in the plant will bring it back. So, yeah, I mean, a part of my, uh, 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 as I build my business, this is the third business I build. Uh, one bu- one business I started in 2008, I was a partner with two other individuals and uh, we had also like an agency and uh, it didn't take off. I think maybe part of it is we started, we did it in 2007 and then 2008, the economical collapse hit. Uh, but it was also the way we managed the, the, the business and so on. It, it didn't go far. It was a struggle. It was a, a two, two to three years struggle and it ended in breaking the partnership. And uh, and then in 2013, I started another business, uh, this time not going with the partnership approach. Uh, and uh, I learned from those mistakes in there. And I ended up bringing one of my partners and he works uh, with me now. Uh, the biggest learning I learned from there is really um, when it comes to working in a team, uh, it's it's essentially like marriage. You gotta you gotta know know who you're working with, and you gotta be very honest. And you guys gotta click very well. If there's any frictions at the start, if you're working in a team or doing a startup, or uh, you know, and you see there's frictions and you guys are not clicking together, then it's really not gonna work. You might try to fix it initially, but if it's not fixing, just move on. 
Uh, otherwise, it's gonna, you're going to spend a long time trying to repair something that's not going to be repaired. All right. Brother Ashad, I will ask you the same question. What is uh, the biggest failure that you can remember and how did you um, rise from the bottom uh, to it, uh, from the failure? So mine would be, um, I had a project where I was responsible for moving equipment from one city into another. I was the engineer in charge of the initiative, and, and I was very proud. And I had, uh, I had all this responsibility and all this money to spend, and I didn't, uh, I didn't really I think much of others' opinion, uh, especially those uh, that were around me that probably knew more than I did. And it was a colossal failure, right? It just didn't go anywhere near... I had expected it to go or anyone else had expected it to go. And for me, that was really a turning point uh, and a really, really a learning point for me in my career. Right. And the recovery was just being humble about it and, and accepting that I did something that uh, was wrong and I could have done it much better and planned it a heck of a lot better. Uh, and so that humility is, you know, kicked in at that point and realizing that I made a mistake and then asking those that actually were able to help recover from that failure and working together and learning from them. Because, uh, you know, those that you that you see around that have been there for, for a long time typically know a lot more than you do, and you don't realize that. Um, and as a young engineer, you tend to have a, a bit more of a, you know, a step in your stride. <laughs> uh, and so that brought me back to the ground a little, uh, and I really learned a lot from it. Okay, and uh, let's uh, pose the questions to our two uh, dear sisters. And I have to be careful how I put this because uh, we have to respect um, their positions here. Now, Sister Ozia, uh, uh, what was your biggest uh, failure, and how did you um, rise from the uh, the failing? So, I mean, I always think of things really positively. Uh -huh. So, even when things like go kind of you know, not as expected. I never even like to say it's a failure because I always see it as an opportunity to grow and learn. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll mention two things that maybe didn't go as, you know, uh, as, as expected. So when I was in, um, in college, my dad's a, a computer scientist and, you know, he really wanted me to be a computer scientist too, or one of his kids to be. And it didn't look like my brother or sister was going to be, and I was a third born. So he was like, you know, go into computer science. So I went into a computer <laughs> science class and, and, you know, I, I, I started getting my grades back and I, and I was like F, you know, E, like I was really doing bad. Mm -hmm. So I went through from the class, but, you know, it kind of, you know, I realized that this is not my strength, but I gave it a go. I, I still was open-minded, um, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, when, when, when things happen that are not as expected, um, you know, it's an opportunity. I think if you say, if you look at that experience with so much gratitude, it will be your biggest teacher. And it's your teacher that you didn't have to pay for that teacher. And that, that teacher, that, that experience is going to teach you so much and it's going to make you so much better and so much stronger and make you who you are today. So that's, that's how I look at any experience. You know, it's, it's an opportunity to grow. I never see anything that doesn't go right as a failure. I always just see it as an opportunity to grow and to change and to become better. Wonderful. And finally, to you, Dr. Rahina, what was yeah. your biggest failure that you can remember and how did you overcome it? Yes. Um, I think something that happened while I was in med school was I had failed uh, an exam that I had to take for um, 
my class. I remember telling my dad and I was so embarrassed to tell him that I had failed my exam because this was like a big deal. And he was like, you know what? You were, you walked in there being too proud. So you have to just, you know, take it again. You got to do what you got to do and you're going to make it like, you know, you got to learn from your experiences. And if you didn't put in the effort and the time that you had to put in, that's, that's the consequence. That's what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, I think to fail something, that means you had to have a goal. So having a goal is probably the most important thing. You got to set standards of where you want to be in X amount of time or what you want to hit. And as long as you're hitting that, you're headed in the right direction. All right. We have approximately uh, two minutes left. So I'm going to give each of you 30 seconds and I'm going to start with you, uh, Dr. Rahina. Uh, yeah. what, what nuggets can you leave um, with our listeners this afternoon? 30 seconds for you. <laughs> 30 seconds. Okay. Um, I will add one thing. I know this is not a religion podcast, but I will say that um, I only started wearing hijab about a year ago. I was very worried about what my patients would say, what everybody would say. And then I realized, you know what? It's not about everybody else. It's about what makes you happy and risk comes from Allah. So as long as you're doing um, everything that you think is with good intention, inshallah, everything will go well. All right. To you, sister. Uh, uh, 30 seconds to you, sister Azia. Um, I think that you only have one life to live. And if you can find um, something that you're passionate about and find a way to make a positive contribution to society and um, do something that you love and wake up every day, um, that's what you should do. So chase your dreams. Never, never dream too small. Believe anything is possible because it is possible. Um, and, um, and reach for the stars, you know, because you, you, will, you, you can reach anything. You can do anything that you believe in. All right. Brother Rashad, 30 seconds for you. So mine is for those starting their career, find three people. Find a mentor, um, somebody who is inside or outside who you can bounce ideas off. Find a coach, somebody who can coach you through situations and uh, is able to help you through difficult situations. And find a sponsor and an advocate, somebody who will vouch for you when you're not in the room. All right. And finally, yeah. yes, uh, 30 seconds. I, I think it's two things. Uh, listen. Uh, listen and pay attention when you're talking to mentors, just like what Father Shot said. Mm -hmm. uh, and number two is be humble and um, you know never have any any drop of arrogance inside you when you do anything. All right. It's been a pleasure having the four of you on this afternoon on this first uh, inaugural program right here on WASR. I look forward to checking in with you again next time. Great. Thank, Thank you, you, brother. You Thanks too. Salam. Walaikum. Ramadan Kareem to each and every one of you. You've been listening. You. Uh, you too. You've been listening to the program called You Mentor. Tune in again next time right here on WASR at 3 p.m. Eastern for the program called You Mentor. And if you have some advice to offer someone less fortunate than yourself, then this program is for you. We look forward to checking in with you next time uh, right here on WASR. This, it, my, my name is Dawood St. Clair, and I look forward to talking with you again next time. Jazakallah khair. Salaamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.